0: Okay now, did I mute mine?
1: Oh yeah, we can hear you. Okay. All right, so at six o'clock, we'll get started. Um, tonight, we have uh, Mr. Mike Contreras, Contreras that will be speaking with us starting um, his role as the RMAC coordinator. Um, he just finished his first year as the RMAC boss. Uh, previous to that, he was Big 12 center judge now retired, I believe. Uh, I am. He's worked at least five postseason bowl games, maybe more. And he's a current SASA crew mentor, uh, SASA's Stars and Stripes Academy. And I keep having, he loves New Mexico enchiladas, which is um, <laughs> the last time he was a rookie. So very, very. No. <laughs> cool. yeah. um, Oh well, uh, Dana, uh, Dana Pappas is the is the New Mexico uh, director of New Mexico officials, so she might be joining us shortly. So okay, um, but the floor, right, great. The floor is yours, Mike.
0: Is it?
2: Yes,
1: sir. Great.
0: Well, good evening, everyone, and um, I'm very honored to have been asked by Dennis and Ken to join you this evening and i'm really excited to share with you uh, ideas that coordinators are looking for when they're looking at the high school level football official but before i begin um let me do a just a brief introduction i i will start off with the um comment in regard to the new mexico enchiladas my wife happens to be an artesia bulldog and one of the first dinners that she cooked for me was an enchilada dinner. And when I grew up, my mother rolled her enchiladas and they were really, really good. Well, when I met Helen, um, she, she she prepared flat enchiladas. And I couldn't understand how that could be. And then I was inter- introduced to the fried egg on top of your enchiladas. I love them. I love them. And I have now for 46 years, as my wife says. <laughs> so I definitely enjoy New Mexico. I enjoy the New Mexico people. And I'm really excited to be here with you this evening. Uh, Helen and I have been married for 39 years in June of this year. We have four wonderful children, eight great-grandchildren. In fact, um, I am, we are both currently enjoying the sixth and eighth grade once again due to the online learning that they have to do. And uh, I think we're both doing pretty good. I think we're both passing. (laughs) We spend a lot of time helping them out. So we're doing that. Um, Both Helen and I are retired. We were with the telephone company when it was Mountain Bell, sawed through the US West Quest time period, and then we both retired. Um, All during this time period, I have been a sports official i started off refereeing church basketball leagues i thought that was a lot of fun and then i started doing uh many years ago there was a um, a chicano basketball league up here in the northern colorado area and so i would spend my fridays saturdays and sundays refereeing the chicano basketball league and what was nice about it is that on some of the tournaments depending on who the host Teams were, there could be a Saturday night dance followed by Sunday morning, menudo and burritos. And then you got to play basketball. So well, That doubt, that's how I began my officiating career. Um, you know, I was sharing with um, some officials last night on the Stars and Stripes uh, crew that I'm currently mentoring. And when I first began officiating last century, I would work youth football games on a Saturday and a Sunday, and I was pretty thrilled to get nine bucks a game, work about five or six games, and, you know, they they pay us in cash, so I'd bring that home, set it on the table, and, you know, the family was happy to see that I was making 54 bucks a day. That was pretty good. But uh, as time went on, um, I became involved with high school football, and uh, I happened to work with the right people at the right time, and that got me moved up into the Division Two level. And then up for the Division Two level, uh, it was at that time that I realized that going to camps and getting my product out there was the only way that I was going to move on. Unfortunately, at the age of 50, I was hired into the Mountain West. And for the next 17 years, football officiating has been so enjoyable. It's the best place to be on a Saturday afternoon, on a Friday night, whenever it was. And then after that 17 years, and and as Dennis mentioned, the um, post-season assignments I had, I was fortunate to also work um, two Mountain West championship games. So that that was very good. In fact, one thing I kind of make note to myself mentally is that in high school, I was fortunate enough to work Six state championships. When I was in the Armac and, and the North Central Conference, I had an opportunity to work six postseason assignments. And then and once I got into the Division I, I had the five postseason plus two uh, conference championships. So I've I really enjoyed the avocation of football officiating. And last year I was approached and asked if I would step in and and be the coordinator of a football officiating for the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Um, they approached me on a Friday evening, right near the, um, the end of our annual clinic of the ARMAC, and uh, said, we'd like for you to consider it, uh, think about it, and let me know in the morning. Well, um, you know, I came home and I mentioned it to Helen, and uh, I pretty, had a pretty good idea that I was gonna be ready to step off the field, And so, I went ahead and accepted it, and um, basically uh, picked up the box and started running with it. And it's been quite an enjoyable experience for me. And so, tonight will be pretty much the first time that I've, I've had an opportunity to talk to high school football officials and share with them what the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference will be looking for as you, move forward in your football officiating career. We'll start off with the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference footprint. Right now, we are from Las Vegas, New Mexico, north to Rapid City, South Dakota. And within that I-25 corridor, more or less, we have schools west of there to the to the northwest, or excuse me, to the southwest and, um, Fort Lewis is in Durango. We have uh, Alamosa, we have Gunnison, uh, Grand Junction, then Pueblo, the uh, of Mines, uh, then we have the Shadron, and then the two South Dakota schools. So we have a almost a straight line of um, of our footprint as to where we are at, and. In the past when I was part of the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference there was always an attempt to ensure that we secured or we brought into the program officials out of the areas of each of the schools. This would help eliminate any of the feelings that they thought that wherever they traveled to they were going to get homeward because there was nobody from their state, nobody from their location, part of the conference. So. We try to identify officials, bring them into the conference and from every part of the, uh, of the footprint. Uh, right now, uh, we're looking for individuals out of South Dakota, but we're also looking south to the New Mexico area, as many of them will uh, confirm, is that I've been down there, I've, I've visited with them, I, I share, I try to join their conference calls on Monday nights. Because there's a lot of good talent coming out of New Mexico. And and I don't want it to be ignored. Uh, I, I and I actually want to try to keep it out of the Lone Star Conference. <laughs> but I know that the, the Lone Star is also drawing from the special talent that you have in New Mexico. And when when we look at officials, we have to look about look at um how is this going to impact them travel-wise? You know, uh once we get into the October and November time frame, that travel can be a little testy at times because of the weather. And so we have to take that into consideration when we think of the number of officials that we wanna bring from outside the core area of the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference schools. And then also this year, I have been in discussion with the Jayhawk Conference out of Kansas and they have mentioned to me that there are weekends when they haven't they're short of crews and then they have to go to their local high schools and uh, ask for officials so I have uh, made a gentleman's agreement with them that if they share with me the dates that they are in need of football officials then we would happily provide a crew from the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference which would be an ideal situation for those that are prospects into our program, get them into a JC pro, uh, football game and see how they work there. Uh, we also are, are responsible for the Air Force Academy Prep School and work in their ball game. So we'll have an opportunity there to do that level of football. So the overall, the Rocky Mountain footprint, as I've mentioned, from south to the north is pretty vast. And again, we're gonna do everything we can to get individuals from all of the areas from near the institutions <clears throat> now the big question and the reason that I was brought why well, I was invited to speak with you this evening what do we look for in high school officials well right off the bat we want to know what the time the time on the field and that is how many years have you been officiating high school football or even overall, how many years have you been a high school official in other sports? Ideally, we like to have officials that have done multiple sports, football, basketball, baseball, any other sport, just so that we know that they are familiar with the different types of environments that they might run into, with the different type of attitudes they might want run into. I know um, a few years ago, I, um, when I was still doing high school basketball, I thought I'd give track and field a shot. And so for a couple of years, I worked track and field primarily doing the discus. And what I found there, a lot of those young men were football players, high school football players. And you know, on the football field, they have, a, they have the football attitude. But when you get them on the track and field environment, all they can say is, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. No, sir. They're the kindest kids. So it, it's it's good to have officials that have experienced different environments. Basketball officiating, baseball umpiring, we all know what that can be like because we're so close to spectators in those, those environments. And we can hear so much that from those two particular sports, you learn how to block out the crowd and how you how to focus on a game. So multi-sport officials are, are really individuals that we'd like to see. We also want to look at your schedule or, or understand what type of schedule you've been working. Uh, we're not necessarily looking to see that you've worked all of the big school games, all the 5A, 4A, 6A, whatever the classification is in New Mexico. We just want to see that you are busy working varsity games junior varsity games and even freshman games that tells us there that's one indication there that you're an individual that wants to officiate football regardless of the level and that's the type of attitude that we need doesn't matter what type of game your football game you're going to be assigned i want to be there and then of course we're going to look at what your post season experience has been like because as we know and and I'll share with you because Helen's from Artesia uh, I think it was in the late 90s we went down to to Artesia and it just happened to be a playoff date or playoff weekend and Farmington came into Artesia to play the Bulldogs well of course I wanted to go to see the ball game because she was she was very uh talkative about how wonderful Artesia football is. And I could see that when I would drive into the town of Artesia, the water tank, you know, it's, it's multicolored with all the different days, years and everything. But we did go and I was surprised as to the size <coughs> of the crowd that the f- football playoff brought to Artesia. Farmington had a great following. Obviously Art- Artesia had everybody in town. There was nobody at work. Everybody was in town at the game. But it was so so surprising to see such a great turnout at a high school football game. So I, I would have an idea if you're working postseason throughout the state of New Mexico, I would have an idea as to what type of environment you are officiating in because of the love of football that many of the towns there have for their for their high schools. And um then the next thing that we we shall we say um go off of, is how active are you in your local association? Have you held any offices? Uh, Do you assist with clinics? Are you um, somebody that's out there looking for officials to bring into the association? But one of the key things is who is talking about you? What are they saying about you? That's very important because, you know, in the old days, if an official was going to move on, it was pretty much based on word of mouth. We didn't have all, all the opportunities that everybody has today. So it's still important to be the official that people are talking about. And it's up to you to determine what they're saying about you. And you. You definitely know what we want them to be saying about you are you a model crewmate you're not loud you're not boisterous you don't walk into the get into the locker room loud and being disruptive uh i would also include in that an individual that uh, controls their their tongue when they're around other people you know there, there's a time and a place where we can Talk like men or boys, or you know. If they, I I would I'd like to believe that there are women on this on this call. That there's an appropriate time when we can be that type of a person. Well, I guess that I don't know if you want to say it's appropriate, but you know we need to know when we can talk that way. So being boisterous and loud is not the person that we want on a crew. Are you an official that's always on time Does the referee and the rest of the crew have to wonder oh, I sure hope they get here before kickoff you know that, that is so nerve-wracking to have an official on your crew that seems to have that that uh, attitude or that that history of him of them not being on time and we can understand when when you're there in the big cities yes there's There's traffic, or even because we have to travel so far for a lot of our high school games, there's the travel concern. And, of course, we have to consider employment. Do I make arrangements with my employer to get off in time to get me to a game on time? Those type of things. And then rule knowledge. Everybody around you, are they confident that when they step onto the field with you that you know the rules? and that that they don't have to be concerned when your flag is in the air and saying to to themselves, oh my gosh, what does he have? What does she have? What do they have? Are you an individual that they can say they know the rules of high school football? And mechanically sound, I'll I'll talk later uh, in the conversation about mechanics that I'd like to see, but do you truly know every position on the field why do i point this out well one you never know when you're going to have to be called upon to move to a different position due to injury due to somebody not being on time or whatever the situation may be but what is helpful by knowing every position on the crew as the play develops you're going to know where you need to be visually because you have confidence of what the headlines person is going to be doing and where their vision should be the umpire where their vision should be the bag judge where their vision should be if you understand their positions then you're going to be able to focus visually on the area that you're supposed to be looking at and help make this crew look good now First impression. Every 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 point of every place in our lives, we have to be cons- concerned about first impression. But getting back to what when I mentioned who's talking about you, do you live up to their recommendation on first impression? When they tell me, hey, I'd like for you to go look at Joseph Martinez, I say, okay, I'll go see Joseph Martinez. When I first see Joseph, is he the individual after they tell me everything about Joseph and why I should go look at him, is he the person that they are describing? First of all, we look at the physical appearance. You know, when I'm walking toward Joseph, I can see he's athletic, okay? Joseph and I can see eye to eye. We're standing tall, shoulders back. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see anybody that's slouching, hands in their pockets as we're walking up to meet them. We want them to stay standing tall, hand, and to just a little bit of pride in, in yourself. And this second one that I mentioned, where I, the chest and the abdomen should be on the same parallel, how many of us truly like seeing officials on the football field whose stripes are curvy? And I'll tell you right now that in the Division One level, that type of appearance has disappeared. Everybody looks physically fit. so well, that's what we want to see. We want to see a physically fit individual on the football field. And then your uniform. Shirts are tucked in, zippers all the way up. We want, us, we want you to be proud of wearing that uniform. And you know, when it comes to uniforms, I so often think about youth basketball officials. They drive me crazy. We have two little granddaughters that are fantastic basketball players. Every time I walk into a gymnasium, I'm so disappointed on the appearance of the officials. Football officials, now that we are wearing different styles of pants, we need to ensure that the pants fit is pretty good. We need to ensure that our shirts fit as well. We're not asking you to put them tight, and as, as we see on some of the Division I, One, one uh, ball games, but we want that shirt to fit you comfortably. And your shoes. We know that as soon as a kickoff occurs, or actually first when we when we're on the field for pregame, our shirts are already starting to get scuffed but I'd like to see nice, clean shoes before getting onto the field. Why? That tells me that you are proud of what you look like and you care about what you look like because what you look like in uniform is going to be the first impression that the coach sees. In regards if he knows you from outside of football officiating, what you look like in uniform is is the beginning of selling your product not only to the coaches but to the people that are in the stands to the players you don't look if you don't look professional you're not going to get that professional respect and when you're wearing a hat be groomed you just have a haircut even though it may be the style today even though it's accepted by local associations Long hair under a hat on a football field, it does not belong. You need to look groomed when you're wearing a hat. Facial hair, as it states right there, this tells me the respect that you have for officiating for our avocation. Off season, doesn't matter if you have facial hair, you know. If I, if I had the type of beard where I could be Grizzly Adams in the offseason, I would do it. But when it comes to football season, comes to being on the field, and it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't matter whether it's youth football, middle school football, high school football. Facial hair does not belong in officiating. You look much more professional when you have the clean-shaven, well-trimmed mustache, and a good haircut when you step out onto the field. Endurance. One of the things that um, I learned years ago when I attended a, an NFL clinic uh, in, uh, in Florida, Mike Pereira was the, uh, was the supervisor of officials at that time. And he said the reason that he was so high on physical fitness for the NFL people is because when we get into the fourth quarter, he wants them to be mentally focused on the game. He doesn't want them to be thinking about, oh, my gosh, I'm getting tired. Are we almost over? Or, oh, my gosh, I hope they don't throw a deep pass because I can't make it. We want to see in the fourth quarter – that the movement of the line of scrimmage individuals, the movement of the umpire, the back judge and the referee is equal to or greater than the type of of motion that you were showing in the first quarter. We need to do that straight across. And one thing I shared with the RMAC officials this year when I did their post-season review is that we are like the old-time football players Today's football players are specific to defense, offense, kicking game, but we as officials don't have that opportunity to take a break. So when the players come out, they're given 110% and they go sit down. From the opening kickoff to the final horn, we have to give 110%. We have no time to be substituted for. We have to be able to go that two-hour time frame. 60 minutes of football, 48 minutes of football, if it's 12-minute high school quarters. We have to be able to go 110% that entire time. And if you could do it at the high school level, then we feel confident that stepping onto a college field, you would be able to do the same thing. Game composure. Now you're in front of the world. Everybody's watching you. First thing we need to look at is the sideline control. Do you have control of the sideline? Do you have respect of the sideline? And then in reverse, does the sideline respect you? Does the coaching staff respect you because you, for one, have the professional appearance, you have the composure that shows that you're there just to officiate the football game? You know, sideline control you be the strong person on the sideline. Again, we go back to standing tall, you know, and, and being very confident in your presentation. And the same thing holds true for those of us that are in the middle of the field. Do we have the respect and control of the ball players? And in return, do you show them respect? There's nothing wrong with reaching down and helping a kid get off a pile. There's nothing wrong with telling them, hey, nice job. And there's certainly nothing wrong with saying, hey, I didn't like what I saw that time. I need you to correct that. Get that control and get that respect from the players and then return it when you receive it. (sighs) Compose signals. Are you stopping a car or are you stopping the game clock? So if you envision that, if you're on this highway, your car is broken down, What are you doing? You're waving that car down, right? We don't need to see that on a football field. We like to see composed signals. One, two, three, that's enough. On a pass, are you saying no, no, no with your hands? Are you telling the world that it's incomplete even though they know it's incomplete? What about scoring a touchdown? You just throw your hands up so so high that you have that excitement in your face, or are you just coming up saying, yes, he's in? That's the type of things that we want to see. And then flag throwing. <laughs> and, and in the Division I, they'll share this with you, there are times that we'll play a video back and forth because of the way an official throws his flags. You know, you don't throw them at the players. You throw them near the spot. Uh, line of scrimmage, if you have a false start, In high school, you have encroachment. Just toss it, make sure it goes above your head, and that that is sufficient. We don't need to throw it as high as can be. We need to be composed in everything that we do out there. And that's where hustle with composure comes in. When I I was doing high school football and I first began working varsity games as a back judge, I was all over the field. (coughs) And the senior officials would tell me that I need to slow down. I was just running back and forth, sideline to sideline. You know, I'd run up and get the ball for the umpire, things of that sort. Then they told me that's great, but don't do it so fast. Be under control, just hustle. What we like to see in our line of scrimmage officials come down, stop, make that turn, and then come on in and give us the forward progress stop. We don't want to see running downfield really quick making that curve and coming in trying to find a spot when you come down and you stop you're telling everybody i have the spot when you're walking in you're saying here it is and you're being doing that under composed you're being composed when you do that that's what we like to see and a five person crew we like to see everybody involved we like to see everybody moving you know and, and in particular what comes to my mind are, are back judges. Are you just staying in the middle of the field 25 yards back and watching the other four working the ball game? Are you moving toward the sideline, toward the numbers, to, to have that physical presence? Because sometimes your physical presence and your voice is gonna help break up some, some of these little scuffles. You know, are you, are you helping the, these line of scrimmage individuals get the ball into, into play? As I stated there, it's really possible to have great ball mechanics on a five person crew. Of course when I when I was doing five um five person crew here in town, um I trained my son to be a very good ball person to uh, he had a perfect underhand toss and everything. So I would take him with me. And then you know, so I knew we were gonna have good ball mechanics. But just take a moment and you know find out who the ball people are going to be, talk to them, make them feel important, and then Together, the five of you can definitely have great ball mechanics. And then always, we look for individuals that are standing tall, reflecting confidence, not cockiness. Okay. To Show me that you're confident in what you're doing. And that goes back to everything that we've talked, to this, talked about at this point. Your signals, how you're talking to coaches, how you're talking to players. That's confidence. We don't and, and we will be able to identify cockiness and cockiness we don't want to see a lot of it there's a, there, a touch of it's going to be good but we don't want to see that be the dominant of your personality and five officials communicating on the field i put on there together we are brothers and today we're brothers and sisters on the field and i put on there in public we love each other because what came to my mind is, I was in a family of five children, and at home, we couldn't get along with each other. You know, we were always fighting, you know, three girls, two boys, you know, we just didn't get along with each other. But Mom and dad told us, and once we left that door of the house, and we got into the public, we better behave. So well, The same thing's true of, of five officials. We need to communicate, we need to move out there as if we enjoy being there with the other four. Now, once the game's over with and we go our separate directions, you know, there's you have a personality conflict with somebody, fine, but show me on the field. And when you're out there, you guys love each other and you want to do everything you can to help each other be the best. So, bottom line once you've had the time on the field, once you've had great postseason assignments, even a good schedule, and We hear people talking about you, and they're talking about you in the right way. And now we've seen you, and we say, yes, this is the individual we want. This is Dennis, this is Ken, this is Joseph, Aaron, Abram. These are the guys that we want. These are the guys that look like the ones we want. You are all ready to be moved forward. You are ready to be polished. Because by the time you get to Division II football, we don't want to have to take time to help you learn rules to help you learn mechanics we want you to bring a product to us that's ready to be polished and then we'll take that product and we'll help you we'll identify areas that we feel you need to take care of or areas that we want to see on the field we'll we'll take your product your product we'll polish it We'll give you good games. We'll display it to the world. And then my philosophy or my thinking is, if you're that good, I want to get rid of you. I want to get rid of you in the right way. But also also know that if you're not that good, I want to get rid of you too. But ideally, we want to take your product. We want to polish it. We're going to put it on display for you. And then we're going to get rid of it. And pretty much that's the easy part. Getting to each level is pretty easy. Staying at that next level is the hardest thing to do because expectations are greater. And if you can't meet the expectations, then you can't stay at this level. <clears throat> right now, uh, we know that there are, there are a lot of individuals that are, that are content being at the high school level, which is fine. That is great because we need dedicated officials at that level. But if you want to move on to the next level, you've got to be ready to take the expectations. And staying at that next level is the hardest. you talk to any Division I football official, and even the NFL officials today, they'll tell you that even though it looked like it was difficult, getting to that next level was pretty good but staying at that next level is really hard. Staying at the Division I level is very difficult. Why? Because today, there are so many outstanding Division II officials that they're pushing to get up to the next level. But we have to be perfect. Well, we have to be close to being perfect. And I say that, I'll share with you, when I first became Division I football official, I was told that we expect you to be perfect and we expect you to get better. Last season, I was talking to, our, to the Big 12 supervisor. I, said, I, I told him, I really like being on this crew. They're really a great group of guys. They're really good officials. He says, yeah, you guys are doing a good job. Just get better. Always have that on your mind. Just get better. Wherever you're at, just get better. And then we looked at off the field. So often, if you go to camps and stuff, they'll tell you that they want to see a person away from football. What are they like? So what I put down here, Sunday, every day, 24-7, 365, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. We want the model human being. We want every part of your life to reflect that you're working hard to be the best. On Sundays, if it's in your life, you bet. We want, we want you to, to, to be with your family and, and share that faith. Every day, 365 days a, a year, we want you to be taking care of your family and your friends. And Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, we want you to be the best employee that employer has. And then when it comes to football, If you can be the best in each one of those other categories, we have no worries. We know what we're getting, and we're ready to work with them. We're ready to polish them. We're ready to get them going. And so off the field, take time to read a good book and watch a good movie. I recommend rule a book, a mechanic's book, (laughs) great books to read. Know them from the beginning cover to the end of the cover, Know the penalty enforcements, know the penalty signal, and again, mechanics, know everybody's position. Look at the pictures. Take time to look at yourself in the mirror when you're giving signals. Practice reporting your fouls to the referee, things of that nature. We all have DVRs today. We all have cable TV that we can record. Record TV games and watch them over and over and over again. If you have access to your high school video games, or video games, high school football games, I do wanna say video games, watch them over and over again. Watch yourself, watch other officials, watch the play and see how it progresses. See if if you can find things that'll help you when you get on the field, you know, do tackles on every game, do the same thing, their stance. You know, the centers, do they do the same type of snap every game? Different types of centers. Quarterbacks, you know, how does a quarterback move? You know, common formations that a team uses, things of that nature. Think about what they're going to be doing. I know that as a center judge, I would watch the defense come up and line up on my offense. If my key, which was was the left tackle, had somebody on the inside, I knew that I had to watch him. If it was somebody on the outside, nobody in the gap between he and the guard, then I felt pretty comfortable that I could watch his initial charge, watch them as they circled around to the outside, but I could still come over and watch the guard. So identify formations and how you can officiate your particular keys. And then I did, I did go out to YouTube. I asked for the um, Texas-Oklahoma game of 2018 That was the highlight of my football officiating career, and it pulled it up. I got to see the whole game on YouTube. If there are games that you want to watch, that you want to see, go out there, record them, watch them, and learn from the individuals that are at that level. Continuing education. We never stop learning, never. Find somebody that you would like for them to be your personal trainer. Anybody in the country, they're more than willing to help you. In New Mexico, you have such a great resource of individuals that want to help you move on, or at the very minimum, get better as to where you're at. Take advantage of that. Let them know that you're interested in their help, and I can guarantee you they're going to give you the time. They will help you get better, and, and watch their videos. Watch their games. If you have a chance to visit one of their games, watch them in action. Even if you're, if you're working JV football right now, freshman football, go to the varsity game and watch how they're working. Watch how they move. Watch how they perform, if you will, on the football field. That's how I, that's how I learned in basketball officiating. That's how I learned in football officiating. If these people are working that level of a game how did they get there i watched them and watched what they were doing mechanics how they moved everything i used that to help me move on now today's environment of football officiating or any sports officiating clinics and camps holy cow there's so many out there but i will drop right down to that number three under that category do not take anything financially away from your family. Sure, it's nice to go to a clinic or a camp, but there are other ways to sell your product. Again, you can sell it by, what are people saying about you? You can sell it by attending rules rules meetings,
2: local rules meetings, things of that sort. Do not take from your family. If you are a
0: person that goes to clinics and camps, You're going there to self-promote a product that you have. So now it goes back to everything that I've shared with you in regards to first impression. It goes back to on-field composure. You are out there to self-promote your product. When you go to camps and clinics, you're gonna get all the latest updates on mechanics, philosophies, and obviously rules, interpretations, and new rules. There are many, many ways that we have out there today to learn and become better people, better individuals, and from that, better football officials. This is a great avocation. I am so glad that I've had it in my life. And honestly, I've, I've had it in my life for uh, 48 years. And i love it i'm now going to find out what it's like not to be on the field but i'm still going to be involved with it but there's nothing better than being out there on a friday night friday night football as many of you know is so awesome just the, the smell of the burgers cooking the sound of the band everything it is just so good to be out there saturday afternoon on the grass yes i'm from colorado but i love being on a football field Every Saturday afternoon, it is so awesome, and as you find as you, the, as you move to the next level, the excitement gets greater. you now have to control yourself more, and you know uh, any division one football official, if you talk to them it's such an awesome field to work in, a, in front of one hundred and one thousand people, but at the same time. That Friday night ball game where there was 150 or 200 people was just as exciting. When the state playoff game is just as exciting as working Mountain West Championship game. Every level that you work is exciting if you are a dedicated individual to this avocation. It doesn't matter what level you're doing. Just ensure that the minute you put on that uniform, As a professional and a parent, your only intent is to be the best. And those three words are three words that I share consistently, not only with my Division I peers and my RMAC officials, and I've even shared it with the RMAC coaches. Our only goal is to be the best. And the bottom line, it's all up to you. Whatever you wanna do, Wherever you want to go, whatever you want to make, whatever you want to achieve in this avocation, it's up to you. You make the call, we'll be waiting for you. Well, thank you very much. I've I hope I gave you some good information because it is the way that that sports football officials and sports officials as a whole are looked at today. A lot of competition out there. But we but. We definitely need good officials. We want good officials, and we wanna get rid of good officials. And that's who you are. And if you're not there yet, we're gonna help you get there. May God's blessings be with you always. Be safe out there and enjoy this wonderful avocation that you are pursuing. Dennis and Ken, thank you very much.
2: I'm open for questions. Mike, that was fantastic. I'll open it up with a question. Uh, This is Ken. Who is your most influential mentor coming up?
0: My most influential mentor. Okay. Um, There was a gentleman by the name of Bob Roy here in Denver. And and, uh, may he rest peacefully. But when I was working high school football, one season, I had the opportunity to work with him almost every Friday or Saturday. And he kept pointing out to me things that I needed to do. And he kept telling me, you can do it. You can do it. You just got to do this. And he kept, me, he kept telling me that. And then the next season, he says, I want you to, I'd i like for you to come on to my Division II crew. He got me started in college football. He helped me at the high school level. Once I moved into the into the into the Division One level, every individual that I ever worked a ball game with was ever on a crew with, were mentors for me. But Bob Roy
1: is the one that got me going on this. <clears throat> so <clears throat> thanks, Mike. This Dennis. Um, so he talked a lot about off-field. Um, and how people um, see you. Can you talk briefly on how RMAC looks at uh, a official's personal social media account?
0: I, I, will, I will address that as it's always been
1: addressed at the Division
0: One level. We discourage social media participation, especially during the football season. If you're going to be a social media participant, do not, I repeat, do not share anything regarding your football assignments, where you're at, who your favorite football team is. Don't make any comments regarding football and football teams. We've known of individuals that read a football game on their week off, wearing a particular shirt of a team in the conference, putting it on social media. and unfortunately, their career was terminated. Can't have that and have that at all. So you have to be very, very cautious on social media, and you have to also remind your family members. Of what they put on social media in regards to your avocation, they need to be careful as to what they're telling the world in regards to I'm going with my dad this week too. Well, let's wait till Dad's been there. and then at that time, if they want to show pictures, okay, let's that let's get let Dad get there, work the ball game, and then share with the world what your weekend was like. So you family, friends, and ourselves have to be very cautious as to what we share on social media because we've we've been told, and I'll, again, I'll refer to the Division I level, that schools have been known to assign somebody in the athletic department to check social media and who they find by by the use of names. I guess that's how you can do it. You can go out and and ask for somebody's name on Facebook, and it's gonna pull it up. Be very, very careful with that. Whether it be Facebook, what's the other one? Twitter, and I think LinkedIn, LinkedIn, whatever it is. As you can tell, I'm I'm not a social media person. <clears throat> be very, very careful as to what you put out there, if anything at all.
1: Yeah, it's kind of difficult to find any anything on, on your bio other than uh, you love New Mexico enchiladas, so. <laughs> I think you've done a very good job of that. Uh, yes, indeed. And, and, and one, other, one other thing that I've noted through your presentation is um, age really doesn't matter as long as you could work football. You're going to take a serious look at this official to move into RMAC.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And And, and the reason being is because of what I experienced. As I mentioned, at the age of 50, I was very content being a referee in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference, and I had a personal goal of working the national championship, very set on that. But I was still going to football camps. And in fact, I went to football camps up until 2019. 2019 was my last football camp. And I still go to clinics. I would have been at many clinics this year had we not been in this situation. A couple of them, I would have been a participant. Others, I would have been a clinician. But I kept that in my, in my, from the time I started going until now, I kept it in, in, the, in the clinics. And it didn't matter. You know, as I mentioned, I got hired at 50. I worked 17 years. It's been great. So you got to keep yourself physically and mentally sharp. You can do it.
1: Great, thank you. And um,
2: Dennis, let's open it up to other guys. See if they have any other questions from the from the guys
1: listening. Go ahead, unmute yourself if you have a question. There's your chance. So, and Dennis, Dennis,
0: and Ken, feel free to share my email if if they they have a. The is yes. like to share with me later.
1: Okay, you guys hear me? so you did touch on on the situation we currently are in, which is going to put a ripple effect in the hiring process of new officials into RMAC this year and maybe even into next year, um, to fill the the those voids as far as um, supplemental crews or developmental crews. What's your process or your thought process right now? On, on how to identify the new talent of officials that, that uh, haven't been seen by anyone mm-hmm. in Division two, Right. Um, well,
0: um, as I mentioned, um, one of the key areas for an official to progress is who's talking about them. And I will state that in New Mexico, you have some very strong voices down there. And there are voices that I respect and that I have confidence that they're gonna to present to me the type of product that we're looking for. Right now, who's ever talking about you is what is who I'm going to listen to. And I, as I also mentioned, I try to jump in on um, some of the calls that they have on Monday nights. And there I also find Who's, a, who's attending? So again, an indicator of the interest of the, the of the want to be a better official to learn to be a better official, and um, you know last year the the individuals that did help us out in the RMAC definitely will be considered and and uh, and will be used in, in the league again this year. So yes, there is going to be a a, um, a lull as you stated. In bringing in new officials, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bring them in, and we're gonna shall I, how as I said, put them in the box, because if somebody's talking about you, I can't ignore it. I've got to keep that in mind, so that when I do have the opportunity, we all have the opportunity to get back out, and and see your talent on the field. I'll have a name. I'll have a little bit of a background on you. And then I'll know what to expect. And again, if they're talking about you, I'm hoping that what they're saying is true on my first impression.
1: Great, thank you.
2: Anybody have any questions? Well, can, can I do a quick? Brad, this is Kim. can I can I do a quick shout out to two guys who just got hired uh, for full time schedules next year in the Lone Star Conference that are on this call, Esteban Baca. And Leonard Longhorn just wanted to congratulate you guys publicly, and you guys are well deserved. You guys work your tails off. Congratulations, gentlemen.
0: And their gain is my loss. Because I know, I know Leonard was really spoken well of. And so is the Stevan. And unfortunately, because I maybe it's because I didn't get on my horses quick enough. But Unfortunately, I'm missing out on their talent. However, I'm not going to give up on that. Yes, the Lone Star has them today, but you never know. I may be coming to them and saying, hey, guys, I can offer you a dollar more Will you take it.
2: Good luck to you. Hey, Mike, on the like Monday calls, I've heard about this before. Is this something that you need to be invited to, or is that something that we can hop on to? to- expand our knowledge base
0: i i believe you would be able to to jump on it um ken dennis is is it um uh,
2: invitation only oh no it's a it's an open group um where if you'll uh, send dennis or myself an email we'll send you an invitation uh and some more information about what we do on monday nights um it's uh It's it's all it's there's nothing high school about it. It's all college rules, college philosophy, college mechanics, but anybody's welcome. We never exclude anybody who shows interest. Right. And and right now, Brad,
0: you did the right thing. You showed interest. Now we're gonna grab it. Okay.
1: I'm gonna charge them a dollar or two, but I'll
2: bite (laughs) them. I gotta work on my round
1: stripes.
0: (laughs) Well, one thing I I did fail to mention is that there are many, many college football tests out there available to the individuals to test or to do. So um, if you're interested in learning football rules, then start searching for the tests through your your New Mexico contacts. They'll get them out to you, and then you'll have to find... um, Find a way to to download the book from the from the NCAA. I'm not sure if there's a free download on it or anything like that. But you can also find somebody that has old football books that would be willing to give them up to you because you know old football books still have the same interpretations as they have today. They just have today's books have more current uh, more current rules and heck. Uh, If somebody wanted a 1983 National Federation football book, I have it. I kept all my books.
2: You guys, we promised Mike an hour, but we we have one or two more questions from the field. That's good. Hey, Mr. Contreras, this is Leonard. I got a question. On your uh, 2018 Uh, River River Shootout, who was on your crew?
0: Okay, that crew was the referee of Brandon Um, Cruz, umpire Um, Tab Slaughter, headline judge Mike Muller, line judge Jay Bilbo, field judge Nick LaVey, side judge Corey Luxner. The back judge, Lyndon Nixon. Now, off of that crew, Mike Moeller has worked two national championships, two Big 12 (laughs) championships. Cab Slaughter was just picked up by the NFL this season as an umpire. Brandon Cruz is on the development list of the um, NFL and worked the, uh, um, I believe it was, is, was it the XFL that came came to life this year? He was a referee on that program. And then Nick LaVey, great football official from Colorado Springs, just retired. Ari Luxner is an outstanding football <laughs> official and he's one of the presenters on that virtual clinic that occurs three or four nights a week. And then Lyndon Nixon, He and I have been roommates probably for five years. Great bag judge. All awesome people. And Leonard, I hope someday you get to experience that type of a ball game. Keep going, bud.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you. Bill, you have a question?
2: Uh, Mike, I just want to say thank you. Thank you guys very much, okay?
1: You bet. Loved it. Okay. Right, well, that's an hour. I appreciate it. Uh, we'll let you get back to your family, Mike. Um, tomorrow, we have Mike Piera that will be talking to us, so feel free to join in and, and listen to what Mike has to say. And Mike Pier? Mike Piera. Mike Piera. Oh, is that right? Michael's gonna join. Michael join us tomorrow night. I'll send you the link. What time? I believe six o'clock again? I believe it's five o'clock tomorrow. Ooh.
0: Okay, I'm gonna try and jump on because Mr.
1: Pereira is an awesome individual. Yeah, right. we're, we're we're excited. We're looking forward to him. Yeah, and he That's- and uh so just so you know, uh Brad Bach actually got him to agree to come talk to us. Uh Good job, Brad. Brad is a veteran, and 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 Mike sent him to the um, to a clinic uh, where his his organization sponsored him through battlefield through to ballfields. Um, oh yeah. So,
0: I've heard about that.
1: Yep. Yeah, so he he's probably going to talk a little bit about that tomorrow and other um, words of wisdoms. For okay. Officials. So, be- five
0: o'clock. I'll, I'll go out and look at your your invites again. If it's five o'clock, I should be able to make that. I'd love to hear him, Mike. He's
1: great. Okay. Uh, All right. Thank you, and uh appreciate it.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Mr. Contreras. Thank You're you. You're welcome.
1: Good luck yes, to everybody. Sir. Be
0: safe out there. Thank you, Mr. You. Contreras.
2: You're welcome. Thank you, Mike.
0: You're welcome. What a great time.
2: Yeah. Thanks, Mike.